So I think working in this industry is really exciting. I really recommend that you don't complicate things, all right? Just try and have fun, uh, be consistent in what you do, and just think about your learners. Put yourself in their shoes and think about how would you like to learn the content? Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. My name is Matt Pierce, host of Visual Lounge, where we talk about using images and video in the workplace. And today, we're going to be talking about something that's really great. You know, there's a lot of tools out there. There's a lot of things that you could do to create learning or to create marketing or to create whatever it is that you're creating. But we want to talk about using the right tool for the right job. So making sure you're getting a good match. And of course, some of that's going to include conversations around video and images and things like that, because we are the Visual Lounge. Before we do that, let me introduce our fantastic guest today, Kath Ellis. Kath grew up in Manchester, England, and was blessed to have had parents who gave her a computer, a Spectrum ZX, for those who know what that is, at the very early age. She was a nerd when nerds weren't cool, but she's always been cool, trust me. She started working in learning and development in 1999 and in 2005 moved to Melbourne, Australia. She's worked in various e-learning roles in the public and private sector and now works as a freelance e-learning designer and developer. Working from home allows her to work on multiple projects, national and international, and provide ongoing support for her clients. She has a master's degree of education in digital technologies in education from the University of Melbourne and a bachelor's of adult learning and development from Monash University. With that said, please help me welcome Kath Ellis to the Visual Lounge. Hi, Kath. Hi. Welcome. Thank to you for having me. Oh, th or I'm so glad that you're here. And I know it's early for you. It's kind of later for me. We had to find a, a time that worked in the middle, but I'm so grateful for the chance to talk to you. I, I'm excited to talk to you and I want to get I want to get into some of the questions because I think you've got a lot to offer our, our audience today. So we're going to start with our normal three questions. So first question, you, you know, in your uh, intro talks about you've been in learning design and learning development for a while. How did you get started with creating e-learning? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I've always been quite strong with my design skills and I've always been the one that's been asked in a business, you know, can you, can you find a way of, uh, you know, judging up this? And, and I worked on, um, I worked for Carnival Cruise Lines and it was uh, 2000. I was a purser. I don't know if you know what a purser is, but someone who's on the guest service desk. And we were, I was bringing out a new ship and I actually designed uh, something quite innovative because I designed a, um, like a ship, I, I, I used PowerPoint and I designed a shipboard system that could play on the TV. So um, it was a very early stage of PowerPoint that I could place things about where to get tour tickets and where to do this. Anyway, for a long story short, that led me to move to the corporate training department and I was training crew members um, on different things, crowd and crisis management. And it's just led on from there. So I actually started doing absolute e-learning from um, the time I came to Australia. So I was on Carnival Cruise Lines. 
came to Australia and really that was it. I just said, hey, I kind of, I'm a nerd. I love tech. I'm good at design. And it just ended up that um, very quickly I landed into doing e-learning. So bit of a long story, but there you go. No, I, well, I, I love that, that uh, the early stage of PowerPoint in 2000, it was probably pretty, I mean, I remember 2003, 2004, it could do a lot, but I mean, that's, yep. but that, how cool that you could make that transition from somebody who's doing stuff for onboard kind of more of a, almost a marketing kind of approach to turn that yeah. into training. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was kind of doing, um, we were selling tour tickets and we were providing information, basically. It was the information desk. So I provided this uh, mock-up to them and I said, hey, could we play this through the TV system? Um, so anyway, I mean, I look at kind of now when I go on a cruise and I look at that and I go, you know, <laughs> so this is kind of my mindset at a very early stage, you know, when people weren't really thinking this way. So it's fun to, to kind of, um, you know, and that's it. It's just being creative and thinking, what would I want? I don't want to have to go and line up at an information desk. I want to sit and look at it on the TV. So that was, uh, you know, my that's mindset. Awesome. So our next question goes along with this. When you think about e-learning and creating content that is successful for helping people to, to learn, to understand, to gain knowledge, how would you define success? What does success generally look like for you? For the learner? Yeah. Let's, let's go with the learner. Or you could go with, if you want to take a different direction, I'm curious. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I think whenever I have someone talk to me about e-learning or they're, they're saying, Kat, you know, can you give some, me some coaching? Or, you know, I'm a new, I'm new instructional designer. Um, I always say the same thing because I, I struggled coming through school. And I always say, I really just take on this um, common sense approach, right? You know, put, put yourself in the learner's shoes. I've, I've had to work in agencies, write storyboards and different stuff. And, I, and I've gone, this is just horrible. Why are we even including this? So it's really thinking about the learner and it's very much taking a common sense approach to things. That's what I would uh, say. I, well, I love that, right? Because especially depending on, on your audience, common sense is going to be very valuable versus like, you know, sometimes we do stuff too, I call it hoity-toity, too education. It's like too learning-centric, like, oh, you're going to academic, right? And it doesn't need to be that. We want them to be able to do something or act. So I love that. Yeah. And I think that just considering those adult learning principles and think about these people have had a life, even if they're just starting the workforce at 18, they're clued up. They've been out in the world for a long time. You know, for God's sake, don't patronize people. I really, you know, I say to a client, does this really need to be here? You know, is, or I'm quite strict with time limits on, on learning. So if a client says, I want a 15-minute um, course, I say, okay, so that's 150 words a minute that people read at. So if they say, can you add this in? I go, yeah, what's coming out? <laughs> exactly. You know? Right. Because I'm really like time is valuable. And it's not just that. It's actually an, um, an employer's 
uh, time that they're investing their staff member to do that course. So nearly everyone who I speak to, clients, if I say, how much, what, you know, how much does your training cost you right now? No one can answer, right? So that's where I like to crunch the numbers and go, okay, so this is how much you're paying. So then when I can put a quote forward, they're like, oh yeah, well, that, that makes sense. And <laughs> you're a steal, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I, well, I, I love it. So our, our last question before we really dig into our topic today is what's yep. one piece of advice you, you could give to everybody to help them improve and using images or video in their work. I've, I've seen your website. It's beautifully designed. It's got great imagery. I know you do a, a lot of uh, live videos for like LinkedIn. You also are doing other things. So what's, what's a tip you would give everybody about using images or video, especially from an e-learning perspective? Yeah. Consistency. So uh, I, I think that it's really important that if you are going so if, even if I think about my own brands, right, or, or a piece of work that I do for a client, I'm really kind of critical on making sure that everything is consistent. So if you're going to use, for example, in a video, you're going to use a, uh, a font as a, as a, you know, as a little, um, I'm having a brain fart. You know, when you do a, uh, a transition, okay. Yeah. yeah. Make sure transitions, make sure fonts, everything is consistent. It drives me crazy when I see, because uh, I, I review a lot of people's work and I go, you've got 10 different fonts in here, all different sizes, right? So make sure things are consistent. Style of images, don't change them all up, right? It's fine to use a proper image and it's fine to use a vector, but make sure these style of images are very similar. So Consistency is, I think, the thing that I, I would suggest. Well I, well, I think that's great advice and, and harder to do. Is it too simple? I don't know. No, not at I No, because if, if it was so simple, everyone would do it. But yeah, yeah, I know fair. you see yeah. those examples. I see those examples. I, and be, let's be fair. I know I get lazy because we'll call it what it is, right? I get lazy sometimes. It's like, well... I don't want to really look for another image that's going to fit better. So I just do it and I shouldn't. Right. So, yeah. so consistency, that's a great one. Well, Kath, you, you, as a consultant, I, I know you work on a wide variety of projects and are able to create a ton. You've created a ton of different e-learning type content. Just why don't you give us a, a breadth of what kind of projects have you worked on? What kind of e-learning projects have you made? And then we'll go from there and talk about right tool, right topic or right job. Yeah. So a lot of my work is honestly compliance. Um, I don't have a problem with that. I, I work for an agency that did a, a lot of compliance work and it was actually quite a creative a agency. So we were able to really um, put our thinking caps on and create great solutions for people. So I, a lot of the stuff that I do is compliance, but I, it's not, it's not your typical e-learning. It's really a whole learning experience, if that makes sense. So I'm, um, it's, it's not just about treating content and putting it in a module. It's thinking about, you know, how can I make this into a hybrid e-learning podcast 
or, mm-hmm. you know, how can I, um, yeah. So it's, so I kind of take my content to the next level. And that's why a lot of clients come to me and they say, you know, I'm, we're not looking for a generic, um, module, uh, we're looking for something really different. So I, I'm able to kind of, um, yeah, you know, uh, and, and the tools that I use, I'm able to leverage off those. So I use, um, uh, beyond quite a lot, but I don't generally use beyond, um, with the characters. I actually put my own characters in them because beyond's really kind of a rich program as well. And I'm able to do some really great animations with, with Beyond. So yeah, so a whole variety of things. I've recently had a lot more clients coming to me saying, I'm wanting to sell my own content. So how would I go about, um, you know, I've got this, for example, I'm doing, um, I've got a client who does high performance mindfulness with, with athletes. She says, I want to go into schools. I want to go into um, top tier organizations with it, you know? So I had to break it down to say, okay, well, you know, if you're going to go into schools or organizations, you might need to have things in SCORM. But if you want to sell some of the things to the public, you might need it on platform like Thinkific, you know? Mm-hmm. So really getting my head around further than an LMS you know, and actually be able to take them through the whole process of, you know, you're going to need good landing pages, sales pages, you know, along with that, I built the whole website. So I'm kind of doing a lot of things, but I'm at a stage now, Matt, that work isn't work for me. Like I'm doing things that I enjoy. So yeah, it's, it's a really good place to be. Yeah, that is an amazing place to be. So I want to dig into a little, you said, so you're talking about kind of the compliance stuff, but you said something that was really interesting here. Because I hear everyone in our field, in this industry, you've been to Devler and you've probably heard it yourself, right? You've been at conferences and they're like, compliance training is this awful thing. But you're like, I'm making, we're making like a podcast or we're doing, you're doing some creative things. And I'm, and I'm curious because that's unusual, right? Because there's a million reasons an organization might say like, no, 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 no. We got it. Compliance has got to be black and white, cut and dried. It's got to be this click here, continue next kind of thing. Right. So I'm curious when you're making those, having those conversations and you're making that decision, what, what are some of the thoughts that are going into your head about that? Whether it's a podcast or it's an animation or whether it's something, you know, website. And um, are you, are you going through like a list of kind of like mental kind of, questions or is it just now second nature and you're just like you don't even think about it you just jump to the right you're so good you probably just jump to the right solution but I wonder if you could help kind of pull this out for the audience that's listening today well taking it back to what I said before about me struggling in school and struggling with education Mm -hmm. um I feel a little bit like I think about how would I like to learn this topic and I like thinking about pop culture, right? So I see behind you, you've got your Star Wars helmet and yeah. things like that. We're, we're humans. We like things, right? You know, so I had a client who said to me, um, you know, we're interested in you doing a module at fraud and corruption. Straight away, it was like, I sit in the car and I watch, I listen to all of these podcasts, you know, on 
crime, true crime. I love it, you know. <laughs> and I said, how about we, and it's just really when you're sitting there with a client and, and working through different ideas and obviously understanding what are the needs of the um, employees, being able to come up with creative solutions. And for that, you know, I said, well, okay, I'm thinking about fraud and corruption. How about we apply your whole process? So this is, it is, it's ultimately compliance. It's a policy. So how about we put together a policy, but we put it in the form of a story in a podcast. And at the start of each section, we have the podcast, which is ultimately taken through the whole policy. Then we underpin it with that theory. And then we might have a little, you know, um, question, you know, yeah. it's really not, it's not a, a summative question. It's just a formative question. Um, you know, so I'm, you know, it makes people's head go off, but a lot of it is just really for me, what is a more engaging way that I can tell this really boring policy, you know, in a way that they can, you know, and, and, you know, you can have a bit of fun with it. And when you get that feedback, so I, I always push for clients to um, allow me to do an evaluation. Mm -hmm. And when you get that feedback going, loved it. It's, it's great. It really is, um, makes you feel great. And I tell the clients, if you have that data, data doesn't lie. If you have that data that says this many people did it, this many people really enjoyed it, or they feel like they learned something from it, then the next project you want, which will probably come back to me, right? Yeah. Um, you're, you're likely to get that, that uh, budget again when you have your next, you know, piece of work that needs to be done. So it's really just about, I suppose a little bit of it is me taking that common sense approach, me thinking, you know, what's out there? You know, what, what do I find interesting? Because if I find it interesting, it's likely someone else will, mm -hmm. you know? You know, if someone came to me uh, and said, I'm wanting to teach some kind of law, I'm um, wanting to teach, um, you know, even the government. One, teach it in the form of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I like right? that. So it's it's really just thinking about um, what is going to be a way that's going to be relatable to people, and they're going to enjoy it. So I know it's a silly example, but no, I well, I I, I love that because I think you know you're you're doing something here that's really interesting. And I think because sometimes compliance training gets lumped into the boring bucket. So yep. it, it already has a stigma attached to it. Whereas, yep. oh gosh, it's compliance. It's boring. No one wants to learn this, but we have, they have to do it. So it's going to be awful. But yep. what you, what I hear, what I'm hearing is that you said, well, wait a second. If we can get people to be interested, mm -hmm. how much more likely are they to engage with it? Then I'm thinking, okay, if I can get someone to engage with this, you know, this, this fraud protection kind of our yep. topic. Also, I imagine the results and impact that's going to have is much greater than if you just had them read the policy and sign something that says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Cause how many people skim through that in this way? Like you can using story, using podcasts, using a sound effects. I can, I can imagine someone that's really aggressive or creative could make a video, right? Like they could, I thought you were going to go with Sopranos or something like that, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Too, too big budget, too big budget, Matt. 
Uh, but you know, I but I, so I love that. I love this idea of pulling people in in a, a different way. So what, and even the way that you do your videos, how you um, you you uh, so so we I use the hook. So I would actually start the podcast, and there was a great dev learn session a few years back. Um, Serial came in and they talked about. Mm. Do you remember that one? I do. Um, and, and she talked about how to, how to hook them in for the next, um, you know, how to go about delivering the content. And she talked about how she wasn't happy with sentences and reworded them and things like that. I thought about that. And I actually started the podcast with the reporter at the front of the um, court at the sentencing. Right. So. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was thinking about what, you know, what do we see? What do we see when we turn on SVU or when we turn on different shows? So I was thinking about that and just, it doesn't take much to be creative to really bring content to the next level, you know? Well, and I think the you other thing I'm passionate about this. No, I, I, oh, I love this. And it's, I, uh, I, I love the idea of like finding what those mediums in particular, like podcasting, what videos, what images, what, what interactive e-learning, what all these, like, where do they fit well? Like, what do they do well in podcasting with the, especially, and there's lots of different types of podcasts, but like the fact that you've tied like serial crime podcasting, which my, my wife is a huge, like, she loves it. She loves listening to those. Uh, yeah. you're like, Oh, what's going to happen? Um, yeah. We're tying it to something that's like this real, it's a real issue, right? Like a company yeah. has to protect itself. So I love that you're, you're doing that. One of the questions I have Kath, for you is that obviously you got to be creative here, applying the yeah. podcast to something that's kind of criminally related, makes sense or whatever, but there are, um, there's a thousand different mediums, tools out there, you know, to learn to do podcasting, to learn to do video, to do design, image design, graphic design. It's, there's so much. So when you're in the process of learning to do something, because I'm, I'm guessing you've got a pretty broad tool belt that you can kind of pull from at, at this point yeah. in your career. But what does it look like for you to learn a new tool? Like, what's your process? Do you just like dive in? Are you a YouTube junkie? You're watching all this stuff? Or are you just, you know, hoping that you take a class. I don't know. How, how do you learn new tools when they, they come your way? Um, so there's a few things that I sign up for. Um, Treehouse has been uh, something that I've had over the years that I just binged. I did all the Treehouse courses. Um, that taught me a lot about WordPress and a lot about, you know, business and Remember, that was a long time. What was it? 2012, I might have been using Treehouse or even before. So I started out doing a lot of those kind of courses to build up my tech skills. Mm -hmm. um, haven't been in that platform as much. A lot of Skillshare. I think Skillshare just takes you to the next level. And yeah, YouTube. I mean, I say to people all the time, I... You know, when I when I left Carnival and I came to to um, to Australia, I worked for the government, and this old fuddy-duddy said to me, uh, or said in front of my my um, my peers, "Kath can't do that. She doesn't have a degree." Oh, 
and this thing just weighed down on me. And my boss said, well, if you want to go and do, you know, a degree, let us know and we can look at different ones. So I went away and I did a degree and I did a master's degree in education. And I still say to people, you know, okay, I can now align theory with theorists. I don't think I learn a lot, you know, to be honest, if you, you design is so important. You can literally learn everything from YouTube. So I'm going down a rabbit hole at the moment with chat GPT and different AI. And I'm not going to learn that anywhere. These kind of skills are what people want to see on resumes, right? So once you've done your education, you're not getting a top up. Right. You have to be a, a, <laughs> a lifelong learner. So, you know, it's, yeah, a lot of the stuff that I consume is more design-based and that helps me elevate, you know, to my skills to the next level, so... Well, Kath, uh, I've got a treat for you because you mentioned chat GPT or, or whatever, <laughs> however you say it, I, uh, but here's what, so I use a tool and it has a, they built, they just put in a, an AI. So here's the thing. Since you mentioned it, uh, I asked it based on my notes for talking with you to write a poem. Okay. Would you like to hear how the uh, chat AI did the, the, this poem? It's, it's pretty good. Uh, so I asked it, write a poem <laughs> about Kath Ellis. So it says, a poem for Kath Ellis, an inspiring success. She grew up with a, a ZX, not a fan of duress. Her parents gave her a gift, a computer of sorts, which shaped her career as tech was her forte. It's a little rough. She moved to Melbourne, her work spanning the globe, from learning and development to freelancing on the go. A master's degree in digital technologies and education. From Monash University, a bachelor's of adult, if I could read, of adult learning and development. She works with clients from near and far, creating e-learning projects no matter how bizarre. I don't know where it picked up bizarre, but that's weird. <laughs> Using videos, images with the stream deck in hand, Kath Ellis is a force. She, she's an e-learning command. A master of her craft and inspiration to all. She'll help you create amazing content no matter how small. The future of e-learning, she has a vision clear. Kath Ellis will make sure it's a success this coming year. Amazing. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing, right? But obviously the future of the world with AI is, is it a place where we, it's a tool. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, I love that you're, you're on about going and learning that and, and figuring out how it fits into your work and what you can do with it. So I think that's, a, I, so I love the advice that you're saying is like, you could have the degree, but yeah. you got to stay on top of, top of all these things that you're, you're doing. So uh, I just and everyone who's, freak, everyone who's freaking out about even, um, you know, AI, you still need the creative, um, pro you need to be able to create the prompt, right? Um, mm -hmm. So there still has to be, a, this is, there's still a creative element to it. So for you to get something good, you know, you need to really, um, you know, it's not going to take over the world, you know, uh, it's, it's not going to replace our jobs. Don't worry. Um, there's still going to be a need for what we do, but, um, it certainly allows us to, it gives us something, it gives us ideas, gives us, us frameworks to work with. And I think it's exciting times.
you know, even mid journey, I'm playing around with mid journey at the moment and, you know, it's great. Have you been playing around with any of that stuff? A, a little bit. Uh, Notion, uh, AI, Notion has an AI. I've played with yeah, the, it does. The, the chat GPT, GT or GPT. Uh, I tried to see uh, some of the, the, the graphic design stuff that that's been a lot of fun to kind of see what it, how it distorts humanity. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, well, for example, I, I was um, looking to see, could I create in mid-journey background images? So, mm -hmm. you know, we, we sometimes um, need a, a pattern or a background image and you sometimes don't always get great ones or they look very stock, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, you can, you know, again, with the right prompts, you can create really great stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, abs absolutely. And again, it's finding the right right tool to do the job that needs to be done and having yeah. the, the right inputs. Well, I want to I want to shift gears here a little bit because uh, I want to talk about video because since it is a visual lounge. Uh, yep. I'm curious, for, you, you mentioned using animation. Are there other things you typically you find yourself going to for video in your work? Um. So if, when I'm getting on calls with clients because that's really important. Uh, Ecamm Live is a program that I use. So I use that as my virtual camera and that allows me to, uh, well, for example, allows me to. It's what we're doing right now, right? It's what, it's what we're doing right now. Yeah. It's what we're doing right now. So allows me to refine um, my camera. Um, I can present through it. I can really give that wow factor. So I want to look the very best that I can um, with videos. I do a lot of things in, um, obviously Camtasia is a product that I'm learning. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm not the best at Camtasia, but it is so powerful. Um, Keynote is something that you can develop really great, you know, uh, tools. So when I, I do my live stream, nearly everything is built in Keynote. Yeah. Um, you know, if I want to do a stinger or want to bring in my lower third, so powerful. Um, so people are going to go, wait, what, how do you do that? <laughs> but, um, yeah, so there's tools that are right there that, that um that we have at our fingertips that um you know are, are really powerful. But I think every day Ecamm Live is something that is there. It's open, probably a bit like you, Matt, you know, um, I know my my uh audio is sounding good and 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 everything. So for for sure. Well well, mine is a combination of Ecamm and Camtasia, right? Like I That's right. like we'll record this. The first thing I'll do is I'll take it to Camtasia so I can trim and cut and do kind of the post-production work for it. I, I'm curious because you said you're you're learning Camtasia and you know, obviously it, it's a it's a tool to learn. Um yep. but thinking generally from what you see, what what do you think the biggest barrier to video and learning using video, whether it's Camtasia or some other tool, what what do you think that barriers are currently for for kind of most people? Yeah, I think people struggle. So, so my goal with using Ecamm is to try and do a one shot 
I, I just, I want to, I want to be able to do one take. I don't want to have to edit anything Yeah, because I'm not very good at the whole editing thing. Um, so I think that's what I would say that people maybe struggle with. They might struggle a little bit with, like, I love the automation in Ecamm that I can play my intro, mm-hmm. um, that I can automate the next slide to show my lower third. That I, this, it's just, it just does it really, really well. And I use the stream deck to, to kind of be my switcher. We're getting a bit nerdy now. No, I mean, but that's, I mean, literally we've talked about the stream deck on the show multiple times and that's what I'm literally doing right now is controlling, you know, the show every time we switch to your camera, to my camera, we're like, that's what you do. So, but I, but I love that what you're saying, Kath, because I think this is true that for most people, uh, and this was true about me a while back, if you go back in history, this was true about me is that editing, it takes time. It can be intimidating because it takes time and it can be intimidating because it's like, oh, how do I fit the things together in a way that looks good? Because yeah. it's like a lot of tools where you just you're not taught. No one no one said in, in, in our primary education, like, well, now let's go do video editing and let's really <laughs> learn these things and the metaphors and how these things fit together. And, you know, how to be consistent in your video is slightly different than being consistent in your writing or your graphic design. It's thread through it right but like yeah so i i think you're spot on that the editing is an intimidating hard thing to to get into but i i might and the perfectionist the perfectionist in me struggles with it but i'm now i'm liking doing the live streams because i'd rather people got to see me as a whole my screw-ups yep. and how i work and if i can't get it you know so when I'm doing my live streams, I'll go, oh, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I'll jump on and I'll jump on Google. And I just think, well, they just see my workflow. I'm not, you know, if, if, they're, if they're sat at this point still watching the video, you know, they're obviously interested. Let them just see my workflow, how I go about learning things. Yeah. How many times over the years have you had someone come and say to you, Matt, how do you do this? And I go, I open up a tab and I'll put that very question into Google and I'll go there. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. All the, all the time. Right. Like I, I don't remember, I can't, I would never done that thing before. I mean, uh, we'll give a little, uh, insight. We'll call insider for those who are Americans watching inside baseball. Maybe it's for Australians inside cricket, inside (laughs) rugby for the UK crowd. Uh, we, we're struggling to get things to work today before we connected. And what did we do? We hopped on a zoom call and we Googling it with each other. How does this, why won't this connect? So I, I do think you're absolutely right. Like that's the the benefit of the show. We do very little editing. We do a little bit, but uh, you know, but you know, we do it because it's easy. It gives us one take and, and then we're done and people get to hear kind of, they know this is what they're going to get. If they're, you've listened to the show, you know, I, you get Matt warts and all. Uh, so, Kath, I'm, I'm curious as as we uh, I want to move to our speed round questions here soon. But I'm I'm curious as you start thinking about we're at the beginning of a new year. Yeah. 2023. Obviously, there's a lot of technology that's still evolving, as we talked about with AI. There's a lot of, I think, 
other uh, technologies and tools that are maturing uh, in a way that are making them maybe more suitable or better positioned from a learning content standpoint. Um, I think even podcasts are have come a long way to be be yeah. kind of fit and ready to do that, right? Versus, you know, I've got a podcast and it's, you know, it's meant something different 10 years ago than it does maybe even today. Um, so if, if we were to pull our crystal balls and say, okay, okay, let's look into the future of 2023. What do you think would be true about creating learning content this year that maybe hasn't been true from a tool, right tool for the right job? kind of scenario? Wow, that's a quite a difficult question. Yeah, I, let's, we're hitting, we're known for the hard-hitting reporting here on the Visual Lounge. I think that COVID, you know, we're, 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 most businesses are struggling right now. Mm -hmm. So they want more productivity out of their staff, um, but we've got bigger problems than ever, right? So I don't think this is very new, but I, I, I don't see enough of this. And I actually think that we should be seeing more content that is being built as not a one-time deal, right? So I'm seeing a lot of content that I go, my God, if I had to go back in there, I couldn't find anything, right? Mm -hmm. So try and make content that is just in time training. So it's, it's basically like your um, knowledge center on that topic. That so, if you, if for example, let's just take compliance or or something like that. Make sure that your content is the place that staff know that they can go back and get the information that they need on that topic, and it's easy for them to. So I I said to you before I'm really um quite focused on accessibility right now so make sure that the menu has uh the the menu is good enough for people to come in and get right to the content that they need rather than have to go through a whole section and i think some of these e-learning courses that are being built they're a one-time deal and they shouldn't be they should really be richer so staff know Oh, that's in that model module. I'll go back and even to just take things to a simple layer of what do I need to do before I do it? How mm -hmm. do I do it? And what do I need to do after I've done it? You know, so really just think about what the person is going to need. You know, so think about think about all the the businesses that have closed down, Matt. And now people are relying to do things on mobile phones or on laptops. Or they're, they're now, you know, yeah. So try and give people information at their fingertips. Um, yeah. So I think. Uh, I, I like it. It's not very good. No, I think it's great because I think what you what you're saying is that while I'm going to interpret this for for what I'm thinking and you can tell me if I'm completely wrong. I mean, we've delivered, we deliver so much training content and it, the value of it is while good in the moment, it doesn't have a continued life and that continued life is going to add more value. And it, because yeah. I'm in, in, inundated with information, particularly 2020, beginning of 2023, there's so much information. I need to be able to go back and find that information because honestly, frankly, I'm not remembering it. And so if I can yeah. go back from it, I'm going to continue to get value from it. 
the, that means the value of the training is going to be worth more. The impact to the company is going to be greater and the outcomes, hopefully the results of that training, more powerful, more effective. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think the, the fact is with things like compliance, if, if people could actually write law or policies in a way that people could understand, we wouldn't need to be doing e-learning modules, right? <laughs> right. Um, but just give your staff knowledge centers that are really rich and written in a way that they can process the information easily. And I think that that's ultimately what we're doing. We're interpreting these policies, you know, mm -hmm. um, which come from legislation that are just so convoluted, you know? So I, I look at that being a lot of the work that I'm doing and obviously, um, you know, massaging it for an organization that's going to, um, you know, that's having certain challenges at, at, um, at the time that they're reaching out to me and how that's going to make a shift with the staff. Yeah. Well, well, I love that. So, well, Kath, we're going to keep moving here and we're going to jump into our speed run questions. I'm going to play a little stinger here in just a second. But for those who've not heard, the speed run questions are quick answer or quick questions with quick answers. So let's jump into those right now. All right. Well, we're going to go to our dice cam. Look at this. We've got a dice cam set up. I've got two dice here. We're going to roll one of them. A green. We've got a green one and a black one. Let me uh, turn on camera there. Light. First question is, for those who can't tell, the line goes underneath. So that is a nine. I think my camera is upside down, but it's a nine. So question number nine, Kath. <laughs> it's always trouble with cameras and uh, mirroring. Is there a question you wish I would have asked you today? In this conversation about the right tool for the right job, is there a question you wish I we should have talked about that I just... I failed to ask today? Uh, audio. You yeah. Know? Um, the importance of audio uh, in, in your learning solutions, um, maybe. So there should be, we should, we should have talked about audio and how important it is to get good, clear audio. You know, every time I talk about good audio, here, here's the problem. I talk about good audio all the time. And then I have shows where somebody comes on and the audio is not good. And then people really get mad at me. And I'm like, I can't control my, my guests. And by the way, Akath, beautiful setup. I love your background. You've got great audio, great sound. You, you get an A+. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. So maybe we'll have to do another show talking about audio and talking about some, maybe yeah. some more finer, finer details. That would be, be fun. Well, let's get our next yeah. question here, though. Question number 11. Oh, this is a fun one. Uh, what's one resource that you think everyone should know about? Like, what's something that you like, you, either you look at or you think, man, I wish everyone knew about this, particularly in the learning space? Uh, one resource. That's a really good question. Oh, just YouTube. You know, it, it sounds maybe uh, very obvious, but you can find everything you want on YouTube. Um, you know, even someone who's an aspiring instructional designer, you can literally build a catalog of everything you need to know on YouTube. 
Um, just make sure you filter content and you look at views, mm-hmm. even though sometimes views, my views are very low on my channel, but I think my, my content's good. Um, might be a bit long because I, you know, I can't stop talking, but <laughs> you know, um, yeah, just get out there and you can learn anything on YouTube. Don't be scared to, um, you know, people might go, oh, but it's not. You know, it's just people's points of point of view. I think you can. Yeah, I think it's a great tool. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I think there's so much. I I I know there's so much to learn. Like setting up my ca- this camera that I have here, I learned on YouTube. Learning about yeah. lighting, I learned on YouTube. I've learned so much, and I'd say I would say one of the challenges is from a learning instructional design perspective. Just pay attention to what people are saying. Check that per. Most of us, like I know, Kath, I would say go li- listen to your stuff, but go look to see what else they're doing. Are they speaking at events? Are they credible? You know, like they're, you know, just like everything else, there's people out there who will tell you whatever. Uh, but there's some really great people on YouTube from the industry that uh, are well worth listening to and have been on the show. So it's not all, yep. some of them. Uh, well, we're still working on it. We'll get them there yet. Well, let's yeah. do one more quick question and then we'll we'll get to the final take here. Okay, I, I rolled it and I didn't have the camera up, but it is it is a seven. Okay, Kat, right. here we go. If you had to shift careers, I know you said you're, I know you love what you're doing. It doesn't feel, feel like work even sometimes, but if you had to shift careers out of the world of like cr- learning design, learning development, e-learning, what would you do? There's, do there's one thing if, if there's one thing that i would never say in public right so i'll i'll give you the answer that people might be more i am i, I do you know what i'm a perfectionist and i actually love um if i could do anything i'm going i'd power wash things i'm so like <laughs> anal about stuff no i would probably if if i was going to do this again i would probably focus my um, focus more on user experience. Yeah. So I would have done that from the get-go, from when, um, you know, go back 15 years and specialize in user experience because I actually feel like those people are achieving so much more and we are stuck with, um, for some reason... A client can put um a, a client can put something out. They're wanting a user experience um designer to help with a solution that I think is actually quite a similar solution as education. Mm-hmm. But they seem to not have the roadblocks that a lot of the time we deal with with education. But I think that they're very similar in their alignment. So yeah, I think that that's what I would have like to maybe have focused on but i'm doing it now i'm basically doing it now yeah for sure well i love that answer and user experiences is is a great one i have a good friend who actually was in grad school with doing our master's program in kind of instructional design then uh we worked together at techsmith and then he went on to be user experience and now he's a software developer so he keeps he just keeps upgrading his what he does it's pretty cool well kath Thank you so much for your time today and being willing to talk to me and share all these great insights and ideas. 
before we get to our final take, if someone wanted to reach out to you and learn more about what you do, maybe connect with you as a potential for work or, or whatever reason they, they have, how, how, how could they best reach you? Um, just go to my website, kathellis.com. I'm also on, on LinkedIn. Um, you can jump on YouTube. So I'm pretty much on most social media. Just um, look for the, the bald head. Bald head. Me and you, you know, we've got the same kind of haircut. We Matt. do. Um, pretty good. You know. <laughs> it's a so, good look. Uh, <laughs> it's a good look. It is a good look. No, just uh, just reach out on my website and love to hear from you. And even if you just, uh, you know, want to chat about e-learning, I love this, you know, because yeah. I'm happy to jump on a Zoom anytime and just talk about e-learning. So don't, don't be shy. Just reach out. Awesome. Well, everyone, go cast website it's it's a wonderful website by the way just very enjoyable love looking at your examples your portfolio good good stuff so so kath we like to end the show the same way kind of every time if you'll give us now your 30 second to one minute what what's your final take about what we talked about today so i think working in this industry is really exciting i really recommend that you don't complicate things all right just Try and have fun, uh, be consistent in what you do, and just think about your learners. Put yourself in their shoes and think about how would you like to learn the content? Sounds great. I, I love that advice, Kath. Thank you again, once again, uh, for being with us here in the Visual Lounge. Oh, you're very welcome. I, I'm, I'm so excited that I finally got to be on, on your show, Matt. Hopefully uh, you'll invite me back soon. Absolutely. We'll, we'll make and schedule something and topic wise, we'll, we'll nail that down and have you back soon. Sounds good. All right, everybody. We want to thank Kath Ellis. Isn't she fantastic? I can't wait to learn from more from her. Hopefully you got some ideas about using tools, about being consistent, about the future of tech. It's, it's really quite amazing. So we'd like to end the show, you know, the way we always do. Of course, if you got comments leave them in the comments below on youtube or if you're on the podcast you can always email us at the visual lounge at techsmith.com and we always like to encourage you that wherever you are whatever you're doing we hope you take a little time to level up every day thanks everybody and we'll see you next time